This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. Today I'm speaking with Josh Olson, co-founder and program director of the Montana Wilderness School a Bozeman-based organization that offers expeditionary wilderness courses for youth that foster personal growth and a conservation ethic. If a student can come home a little more empathetic to a student that has a really different background and a little different perspective, I think we're doing a real service to the sort of state as a whole. Josh and his colleagues are committed to serving a diverse array of young Montanans and building future leaders through immersive outdoor experiences. Josh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Justin, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so tell us, where did you grow up? What did your parents do? I grew up in Haver, Montana, up on the High Line. My dad was a Lutheran minister and then started a nonprofit that helped students that were food insecure or sort of hungry young students um, serve in his second career. And my mom had what I think is the probably most important job in America. She was a public school kindergarten teacher. So a pretty strong service ethic in your household growing up. Yeah, I'd say for sure. I mean, both of my parents were very thoughtful about the impacts they could make on their community and and trying to like use their skills to like help other people wherever they could. So describe your pathway into working as an educator. Yeah, so I went to college and then um, spent a bunch of years working in the outdoor industry. Mm-hmm. I worked as like an outdoor educator instructor. I worked as a guide. I worked as a ski patroller. Um, taught a lot of wilderness medicine. Had this opportunity when I was an undergrad where I taught fifth grade English at um, Milamane Primary School, which is in um, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, um, as part of my study abroad program. And that experience of teaching really sort of shifted what I was interested in doing. And I, I saw a lot of the power of education and also like the impact it had on me in terms of like connecting with young people and helping them sort of achieve whatever goals they were. And so that kind of carried me through. I was pretty interested in this education piece. I went back to school here yeah. at the University of Montana, go Grizz, and uh, got my master's in education. And then after that, um, spent more time working in uh, sort of more outdoor-focused education. And then founded the Montana Wilderness School with another um, man named Garduke in, in 2014. Yeah, give us that origin story. What led to deciding it was the right time to launch a, a school? Yeah, so Gar and I had been friends for a few years. I had taught a wilderness first responder course, and he was a student, and we became friends in that course. And we were um, spending time together, and and so he was curious about the landscape of outdoor education in Montana, and you know, sort of how it seemed to him. He was right that there wasn't really a program focused on Montana students in Montana, and there's a lot of programs that were doing similar things, but there wasn't really one that was trying to do like sort of longer expeditionary courses for high school age students. And so we sort of talked about that and we talked about, you know, sort of my interest in starting a program that was focused on Montana kids as opposed to a program that was maybe focused on having students come from out of state and, you know, sort of crafted this idea that like the way we could do this is to sort of form the school and make sure that we eliminated sort of all the financial barriers for Montana students to get them to be able to sort of participate. And so that's how sort of how we founded the school is trying to do that as a nonprofit, trying to say kind of lean so that we were able to do things without a lot of overhead and trying to really uh, build a program that was like provided longer immersive experiences for students 
and we're you know hyper focused on attracting local students from within the state. So a couple areas of of differentiation there: the the local piece, making sure you're focused on on Montanans, and this immersive experience. I'm sure it draws from your time as as an educator in wild spaces and doing all this sort of guide work and other other pieces. But first of all, what is an immersive wilderness experience and why, in your view, is it important for young folks to go through these sorts of things? So I would define immersive wilderness experience as something over over five days. Okay. So something where a student is really able to sort of disconnect from the sort of the front country experience where they're not sort of in contact via phones or anything like that with their sort of front country life. And they're sort of immersed in the sort of the rhythm of nature where like, you know, they're, they're getting into the sort of circadian rhythm of the mountains where they're like waking up when the sun comes up and they're going to bed when the sun goes down. And, you know, they're sort of like um, more influenced by the elements like the weather and those types of things. So that's why we're sort of focused on those longer term programs as opposed to like just going, you know, rock climbing for a day or, whitewater rafting for a day, I think that's super valuable. But if we're looking for like a longer transformative impact on our students, I think they need sort of a longer set of times. And so there we do, you know, we have a range of courses that go everything from six to 21. So given your focus on Montana kids, I mean, I would assume that a lot of your students have maybe already had an immersive outdoor experience or at least have some familiarity with outdoor life in general. Yeah, I I would say that's true. I would say that while we attract a lot of different students from diverse backgrounds, I think a m- number of our students have done, you know, they've been camping, they've been yeah. on river trips. I think what's different about this type of experience is that we're offering them an opportunity to like come and spend time with other adolescents their age and sort of learn together, hopefully a new skill and, grant- and gain some competency in whatever outdoor arena they're interested in. You know, that can happen with their parents and that can happen growing up for sure but it also gives them a new experience to sort of do it in this sort of long form situation where they're spending time with students for, you know, six days, 12 days, whatever, yeah. and and really break through some of those thresholds of learning. Oftentimes our students from Montana come with an outdoor background and mm-hmm. we're able to just build on that a little bit more and hopefully, you know, level up their outdoor sure. game, so to yeah. speak, yeah. so that they feel like, you know, they can do some of these things on their own, maybe with their friends or cousins, brothers, sisters, or maybe they get to take their, you know, their parents out. We had a student a few years ago from Livingston who, you know, went on our mountaineering trip, came back and then, you know, went climbing up the Northeast of Red Amount of Mount Cowan in the Paradise Valley and like led a bunch of pitches for his dad. And like, you know, his dad told me that and I was like, that's it. We did it. You know, like we, we, you know, that's what we're hoping for. Right. They're launched. Yeah. Right. We're hoping that, you know, he already came with great climbing skills, yeah. but we just gave him a few more techniques and tips and now he's able to sort of take his dad climbing. And within that too, like how do y'all kind of think about risk and discomfort and fear? Because that has to manifest in a bunch of different ways across your curriculum, across your students. What's your general philosophy about that and how does it emerge in the field? The well-being and safety of our students and staff is our, our number one priority. That said, no program that we do is free of the inherent risks yeah. of being outside. We think that risk is something that can be identified like through hazard identification. You can identify hazard. You can mitigate risk to a certain extent. And, and trying to teach those skills to students is like so valuable. Mm-hmm. And providing them with opportunities to sort of try on their own risk management hat, so to speak, and like, and look at something, look at a class three rapid and be like, okay, 
know, what do I look, what am I looking at here? That kind of opportunity for students to do that is like so valuable and, and so transferable to their lives, right? If we can get them to identify hazard and assess risk in the mountains, we can get it to do them, you know, the next time they're at a house party and their friend's going to drive drunk. So I think those are real transferable skills. As far as our philosophy to risk, um, we think it's an, you know, it's inevitable and it's also an inherent part of what we're trying to do. I think students are interested in activities where they get to push themselves. And, yeah. and the way we look at that is like, what scaffolding can we put up to sort of manage the risk and put these sort of guardrails on a student's experience, but they're able to like, you know, climb a peak or paddle a rapid or something, you know, that has some risk to it, but the inch by inch, they've got the competencies to do that yeah. on a trip. And then ideally, hopefully by the end of their expedition, they're able to talk through with their with their other students on their trip. What happens if this goes wrong? What are mm-hmm. we going to do? How are we going to respond? And those kind of opportunities where you can sort of pull the curtain back on risk management for high school age students is so impactful for, especially if they're going to keep continuing on in the outdoors. The last thing I'll say about the, the risk management philosophy piece is that students are seeking opportunities to learn where the edge is. Mm. And so if you're if you're able to sort of safely show them where the edge is and give them the skills to get there and then help them figure out when it's time to step back. Right. That's a really transferable skill. Right. And a big priority of your curriculum is building leadership skills. All of the dimensions of risk management and team dynamics roll up into into leadership skills. So I'm sure it's a big part of how you all develop leaders. One of the things I love about expeditionary backcountry experiences like we do is this idea of like collaborative responsibility. Like we're all responsible for each other, right? And so if we're all going to make it down the river or we're all going to climb this peak, we got we to gotta rely on each other and we're responsible to our teammates. And yeah. I think that's a really unique thing in sort of the individual societies that we tend to live in now that like this idea of like, I'm responsible for these other people on my trip is really powerful for young people. So a lot of the things we're describing here roll up into what we tend to call transformative experiences. It's a term that gets thrown around a lot. It gets thrown around a lot here on a college campus. What does that term mean to you? And and how do you know if you've achieved a transformative experience? For me, a transformative experience is that a student, you know, goes through this expeditionary process and at the end of it, you know, they're they've maybe at least adjusted the lens of how they look at the world. Okay. So they might not they might not be this huge transformation where they're like a completely different person, but it might be that they have a new lens to look at the world that they're living in. And, you know, hopefully that's a lens of being able to sort of see, you know, working with people collaboratively for shared goals is something that they're, you know, they're able to see how that worked on their expedition and they can go home and try that in their schools or their communities. And and honestly, you know, the the lens of, you know, competency in the backcountry and, and doing hard things and being able to say like, wow, like I can, I can get pounded on by rain for four hours and, you know, and then I dried out and I'm okay. And that doesn't mean that the things that will happen in their life will be that easy and go away. But there's some sort of baked in resiliency that like, I can do hard stuff. I can climb a mountain. I can, I can, I can overcome this challenge in my personal life. And then the lens of conservation, right? That I, I'm, I'm hopeful that our students look at the world in a way that's changed the way they look at the conservation issues facing them as young people. And as they you know, in a few years, many of them will be voting. And I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll think about that experience in the backcountry and it'll hopefully transform the way they think about the value of wild spaces sure. 
the value of wildlife, the value of like access to these wild places, the values of green, green rivers. And, you know, as they become the future decision makers of Montana, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll rely back on those experiences. So for me, watching those students grow and, you know, some of those students that come back as alumni or come back as staff members, or some of them that go on to be doing really cool things like in the state, you know, we had an alumni that was one of the plaintiffs and held V Montana. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's a really awesome thing to see that kind of stuff happen, you know, with some of our alumni and students. And so I think for me, it's, it's watching those, their growth as, as yeah. young adults pretty is how we know if we've, we've done our job and and then we also hear from their parents sometimes too which is pretty great if we do we'll be back to my conversation with josh olson after this short break a new angle is supported by first security bank blackfoot communications and um's college of business access to capital broadband and education are three ingredients any community needs for success This is Jeff Meese, media technician at the College of Business, and you're listening to A New Angle. Welcome back to A New Angle. I'm speaking with Josh Olson about the Montana Wilderness School. And a big part of it is, you know, sure, there's the, you know, the feeling of accomplishment you get from making it down a river, enduring a rainstorm, um, learning some some self-sufficiency or new skill in the backcountry, but there's also this magic that happens when you put a bunch of different kids together. That's a big part of of what you, you folks do. Taking kids from different backgrounds, different communities, slamming them all together in, in, in a space that they kind of have to be a team. I think that's some of the most impactful work we do is, you know, getting these students that can be from, yeah, like you're saying, very diverse backgrounds. We can have kids from from the, the from the Crow Nation and tribal communities on the Crow Reservation to you know kids from Bozeman, kids from Missoula, kids from Circle, kids from Flathead, and they and they all come together and you know having them spend fourteen days together is is pretty powerful. Yeah, and you know they they you know they spend time getting to know each other and they sort of build this rapport, and then you know you know we have a curriculum that engages these students in sort of the the conservation issues that are facing the state of Montana. Right. And so having them all sit around a campfire and, and talking about something like, you know, like wolf reintroduction, sure. wolf recovery, wolf relisting, delisting, you know. These those, are not easy topics. No, or, or, or bison management around yeah. Yellowstone. These are not easy topics. But the thing that's kind of amazing about it is there's no, it's not like an online discussion or even a discussion that you would have somebody, you know, you know, where you're going to go to your own home that night because the next morning they're going to get in the same canoe with the same kid they yeah. disagreed with yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you can't unfollow them. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't unfollow them. On their, you know, so you're you're gonna be backpacking with them the rest of the week. You're gonna be floating in the river with them, and those conversations that we start in our lessons, they never really end at the end of that lesson, right? And so, if a student can come home a little more empathetic to a student that has a really different background and a little different perspective, I think we're doing a real service to the sort of state as a whole yeah. and the community as a whole if like they're able to be like yeah that you know this kid from bozeman and this kid from circle are really different and have really different backgrounds but for these 12 days they hung out they tolerated and they actually liked each other yeah and it's beyond coexisting yeah you know there is this magic that can happen when you're very different from a person but you can also have total confidence in putting your life in that person's hands. That doesn't matter what 
color or what stripe or what that person believes or how much money they have or what they think about wolves or abortion or whatever it is, like these people have to rely on one another. And that type of intimacy can really create some special outcomes. Not only does it create, you know, this, this sort of like shared, you know, trust in each other, but I think what it does is it sort of deflattens people, right? Mm-hmm. When they're spending time together and, you know, it's really easy to sort of be like, you're like this, right? Yeah. Like I've got yep. these, this like bias to who you are. Stereotypes. Of, yeah, right. And because of whatever your background is or however. And I think that that, you know, they become more full people because they get to see each other sort of struggle through the same things. They're more than just their opinion in, in last night's discussion around the fire. They're this other, they're this fuller person just like you. And there's so much shared experience there that I think it really, I think it helps build compassion and I think it helps build empathy. And I think that's the kind of stuff that is really transferable to yeah. when they go back home. Right. There's a, an elevating of the humanity in people that happens in the, in the mm. back country where you're, you know, there's not a screen separating you. You don't, you can't, you know, you have to sort of deal with the, the person that's in front of you for a longer period of time, it breaks down some of the barriers that I think are inherent to sort of our human-built society. And you mentioned a few moments ago the importance of the conservation ethic in your curriculum and with the focus on Montana youth, and given what's happening in our state and in so much of the, the country and world, really, but in particular in Montana, managing our natural resources is such a critical part of how this state moves forward. But yeah, those, that, that notion of building future leaders, but also instilling within them a, a conservation ethic, that comes through in, in a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that makes Montana Wilderness School unique is this conservation ethic in our mission, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're trying to make, you know, every student, you know, Terry Tempest Williams or Edward Abbey, right? right. What, what we're trying to do is give them sort of a really wide lens to look at the state and see all the value that's in the state in terms of natural resources and the equal value in conserving areas of our landscape um, for wildlife or for recreation. Um, And, you know, and then seeing that there also is this other need that will have to be balanced with like lumber mills and coal extraction and housing and housing. So trying to have them have a better understanding of like all these pieces and having sort of a, a wider view of like how these things interact, I think will serve them as they become the future decision makers of the state. And I think it will also opportunities to, to spend time with people that are different than them yeah. and have a different belief structure um, which is what we're really trying to do. We're hoping that we're getting students that have really different backgrounds. We'll make them more empathetic leaders and, and probably more effective leaders. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you know, if you're, if you're going to be hearing all sides of this and taking all this information in and, and being able to understand like the value of this type of work. And, you know, I think that's an important piece of what we're trying to do. And just about every other year, the recreational economy surpasses the agricultural economy. And then next year, the agricultural com- economy surpasses the recreation economy. And we've got to figure out some sort of balance in that, mm-hmm. right? And, and where we can move forward, you know, so that it's like, it's equitable for, for all folks. And, and so folks that are, you know, involved in both things feel like they have the opportunity to sort of be here and be welcomed and be part of the state. Yeah. And, and a big part of that is 
manifest in your commitment to making sure that the financial piece is not the primary barrier to participation, right? You all gave out, I think it was over $176,000 worth of scholarships in 2022. Talk about the importance of eliminating to the extent possible the financial barrier. Up until now, you know, we haven't turned away a student for financial reasons yet at MWS. That's and great. It's something we're really proud of. Yeah, um, and be. we and we work really hard to get students to come. Um, that you know, if they can't afford it, um, we try to figure out a, ma- a way to make it. So, in addition to the scholarships, we also do uh, all the equipment they would need. So, a student can basically show up with you know underwear, and like we'll give them everything else. So, if they can have boots, we have boots, we have backpacks, we have pants. We can they can borrow any of that stuff they want. Because um, we want to make sure that they've got the right equipment to be out there. And it's gone so far as we've like driven to pick up students. Like a student, you know, we had a student a couple years ago that was like, lived with his grandma. Grandma couldn't drive. He's calling us. He's like, I really want to come. I don't know how to get there. We were like, we'll figure it out. And we drove over and we picked him up mm-hmm. and we brought him, to, we brought him to Bozeman and took him on the trip. And like, that's the kind of stuff that we're like, as a small program, we're like, happy to do that stuff if it makes us if that eliminates a barrier for a student we're yeah. happy to do that you know and the economic gap in montana is massive you know the students i'm i want to have these experiences are the, those students you know that you know don't have the financial means to make it happen we want to make sure that that's not the reason they don't come to mws right and so you know and and we've even we've even done things like talk to um you know lots of students have to have jobs in the summer to help pay the bills for their parents and so I've had lots of phone calls with bosses and being like, this is a good thing for you. If you can let him go or if you can let her go for two weeks, I know it's hard to lose that person for two weeks, but they're going to come back and they're going to, they're going to have a bunch of new skills. They're going to be a better communicator. They're going to be, you know, they're going to have a, and some new, new competencies and that stuff will transfer to their job. And like, you know, so even like if that's what we have to do to like try to get this work, work for students, like we're happy to do that because those you know, those are the students that I really think benefit from these experiences because they can't afford it elsewhere. So we got to be the place they can go. So disconnecting from technology, disconnecting from screens, I mean, that's all part of one of these wilderness experiences. There's a growing body of evidence that our time spent on these devices and on these social media platforms is not very good for us. Uh, the rise of of mental health challenges, particularly young, among young people, is something that has to be on your mind. Talk about how mental health plays a role in, in your curriculum and in the experiences your students have. One of the things that we've been trying to do at MWS is you know, provide opportunities where students get away from their screens for an extended period of time. They don't bring their phones. Their phones stay at our base the whole time. And then the other thing that we try to do is hopefully give them opportunities to connect with other young people that maybe are experiencing some of the same anxiety, depression, things that they're experiencing and have them talk in a sort of a collaborative, you know, collaborative environment about like, how are you working through these things? And, you know, it's, it's not a therapeutic program. I think that's important for everyone to know. But what we do do is try to provide students with an opportunity to, you know, at least separate themselves from social media, immerse themselves in the backcountry with other students and have an opportunity to sort of like lean on each other as they're trying to deal through any mental health um, issue that they might have. The other thing is that we've been expanding with our staff quite mm-hmm. a bit, this like how to be a sort of behavioral first responder and how to be somebody that has like, 
you know, at least a small skill set in their toolbox to help somebody that might be going through a crisis and help them, you know, get directed to more specific professional help if they need it, or at least help them in the moment to deal with this challenge and then sort of move, take the next step with them. And so that's something we've been trying to expand with our staff training and stuff because there's, yeah, we're, we're just getting a number of students that are coming to us with this background. And, and so we're trying to, you know, help wherever we can and, you know, provide opportunities for them to sort of, you know, bond with other students in a backcountry setting. And hopefully that's really valuable. The resiliency, I think, that you get from backcountry experiences, right. particularly prolonged backcountry experiences, is transferable. If we can show students and an opportunity that like, hey, this is an, another part of your process of like healing or getting better or dealing with your mental health is to spend time outside. And that can work hand in hand if you're doing talk therapy or if you're doing some other thing, you know, these can work together. And give us a little bit of the kind of fundamentals here. Like, are we talking mostly high school students, college age students, middle school? Like what's, what's the typical age range? So we work with students from age 14 to 18. Okay. So um, entering high school, I like to say, and just leaving high school. Okay. And those adolescent years, I think for the programming we do, are really impactful yeah. years. And I think that, you know, they're going through this identity crisis as adolescents where oh, yeah. they're trying to figure out who they are. They're in a place where they're still open to, yeah. to different perspectives and they're still open to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time working with college students and it was really fun. It was awesome. But I think they're, they've already sort of started to solidify their identity a little yeah. bit more. I think high school students are just a little more open to like, yeah. the world could be a little bit different than I think. It could be a little bit bigger than I think. And, and you know, and sort of putting these opportunities in front of them can really, you know, impact them and, you know, sort of steer their life trajectory. I, I just think about myself as a high school student and like getting to go rock climbing and doing things like that, like totally changed Mm-hmm. you know, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to spend my time, you know, and, and like those kind of experiences and being exposed to that kind of thing can really impact young people. Yeah. And it's a diversity of experiences too, right? right? You have river trips, you have climbing trips, you have trips in the mountains, you have hunting and other backcountry survival skill types of trips to talk about the sort of a diversity of uh, the types of experiences students can get into. We have flat water canoe trips, which are really great introductory backcountry experiences. We have backpacking trips. We have short ones that are like eight days and we've got longer two week ones that are more focused on like climbing peaks and sort of sort of alpine hiking and alpine terrain. We have rock climbing trips, river trips that are pack raft based. So um, students go pack rafting. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also have a, a skills for the aspiring hunter course, yeah. um, which is a course where there's, there's actually no hunting on it, but what they do is they learn skills to help them be um, okay. sort of good backcountry hunters. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's no weapons, there's no hunting, but what they're doing is all the other skills about like wildlife behavior, ways to track animals and that kind of stuff are part of it. And they get those skills so that they, you know, when it is hunting season, they can go out with their families or, you know, other folks that they go hunting with. They've got some more of these backcountry skills to sort of um, help fill out the baseline of where they're at. So if folks want to learn more about what you all are up to, how to get uh, themselves or their kids involved in a trip, where would you direct them? Yeah, I direct them to uh, montanawildernessschool.org. Um, we're also on the socials, as they say. Mm-hmm. And um, our courses for the 2024 uh, summer are up and people can register and enroll in those courses now. If they've got questions about financial aid on the page where you do the enrollment, 
there's an application for financial aid. Click on that, and that's how you get um, scholarships and financial aid. Fantastic. I love what you all are up to. Um, excited to learn more, and uh, best of luck down the road. Thanks for talking to us today, Josh. Hey, Justin, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from UM alums Michelle and Lauren Hansen. A New Angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. With additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. Keely Larson is our producer. Ella Hall is our production assistant. VTO, Jeff Amet, and John Wicks made our music, and Jeff Meese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.